0: John's Gospel, chapter number 1, and we'll begin reading for your part in verse number uh, 26, but I want to read another account of this, just a couple of verses of it in the book of Matthew. Uh, The Bible says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now let's uh, read together in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse number uh, 26. And the Bible said, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who cometh after me is preferred before me whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man that is preferred before me for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, he that sent me to baptize with water the same, Uh, said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. I mentioned last evening how that while preaching in Mississippi I heard a, a young lady sing and in her song she had a little phrase that said, A little bird told me so. I wondered if that was scriptural. While sitting on the front row, the Holy Spirit began to flood my heart and mind with the little birds in the Bible that God used to speak a message to someone's heart. I'm glad God still speaks, aren't you? And He speaks in many times little ways. Uh, It may be through a circumstance that you're going through that the Holy Ghost will stop you and speak to you. It may be through a verse of the Bible while you're reading through or a sermon that the preacher preaches, or it may be through a prayer that you hear somebody pray, but God knows how to speak to our hearts in little ways, and he used these little birds to speak to the hearts of uh, some of these Bible characters, and I want to note this little bird tonight, and it's John's little bird, which is the dove, and I want us to see what uh, John's little bird Told him. Now, the outline for tonight is very simple. I believe that John's little bird told him about him, and about him, and about him. So, if anybody wants to ask you about the sermon tonight, just tell them it was about him. That's as simple as I can get it. But I want you to notice, first of all, that I believe when this, this uh, the Spirit descended in the form of a dove as the Scripture said that it did, that first of all, it seemed to emphasize Him, the Holy Ghost. And there are two or three things that I notice about Him, the Holy Ghost, that is emphasized. And don't we need the Spirit of God tonight? Uh, this is more than just some kind of a religious system that we've become a part of, but it is something that is born of the Spirit of God whether it is the totality of the church or the individual uh, sinner that is saved, we need, it is of necessity that the Spirit of God move in our midst. He's the only one that can accomplish the work that needs to be done. But I notice two or three things about him, the Holy Ghost, uh, that we see in our text. First of all, I notice the expressions of the Spirit of God. Uh, John said he saw the Spirit descending in form as of a dove. Now, there are several uh, things in the Bible that God uses to uh, illustrate and to express the Spirit of God. Uh, I think uh, I thought about rain. Rain in the Bible is a type of the vitality of the Spirit of God. Uh, when the rain comes down, it brings freshness and it brings new life and this is true when the holy spirit is not with us everything is dead and lifeless and dry even the songs no matter who wrote the songs and even the word when we read the word or we preach the word we preachers know all about this because we've preached in the absence of the spirit and then we have preached in the presence of the Spirit and there is a world of difference because the Spirit of God will take amazing grace which we've heard 10,000 times and it'll make it alive as if it's the first time we ever heard it. And it'll take a passage of Scripture that is so simple and so common, and it'll just bring it so much alive that we'll leave the building saying, my goodness, I've never seen or heard anything like that. The Spirit of God is the one that makes the difference in these areas, and He's expressed as rain in His vitality. Not only that, oil in the Bible is a type of the liberty of the Spirit of God. You remember when David was anointed with oil from Samuel, uh, the horn of Samuel, the Bible said, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And it also says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And boy, don't you enjoy a good old-fashioned service where there is liberty to sing and shout and whatever God wants you to do. There is liberty there if the Spirit of God is there. It is oil in the service. But not only that, in the Scriptures, wind is a type of the sovereignty of the Spirit of God. The wind bloweth where it listeth. that You hear the sound thereof. You can't tell from whence it cometh, nor whither it goeth. i tell you, this thing of salvation is divine and sovereign. The work of God is divine and sovereign. Nobody can tell God when to move and nobody can tell God where to move. We don't have any kind of patent on the Holy Ghost, honey. It's a mercy of God if the Spirit breathed upon any of us tonight or if He would come our way. If He wants to move here, He'll move here. If He wants to move down the road, He'll move down the road there. He won't ask anybody about it because the wind is sovereign. It blows where it listeth, and I'm glad unbeknownst even to myself or anybody else, that one day 31 years ago in a little old alley that the Spirit of God blew on an old 15-year-old boy's sinner's heart and burnt me into the family of God. Because we have the Spirit of God that is illustrated in these expressions. And now we have him here as a dove, which I believe speaks of the purity of the Spirit of God. But I see the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about Him. When the Spirit came down, it let John know something about Him. His expressions, But not only His expressions, but His essence. Uh, The the Scripture tells us that when John saw Him in verse 33, it's amazing at the terminology here. The words used to to name the Spirit of God. He's called the Holy Ghost. A lot of folks don't like that. A lot of Bibles will change that. They don't like the word ghost. One old fellow said, well, you know what the ghost is, don't you? Anytime that you're dealing with the ghost, a ghost is the return spirit of a dead man. And the Holy Ghost is the return spirit of the Son of God to do his work on this earth he's the holy holy ghost we got a lot of folks preaching a lot about love and i don't have anything against that i mean i think this thing is a thing of love the love of god is said abroad in your heart but honey love is not at the expense of holiness god is holy and the spirit of god is holy first and foremost and then all the other attributes flow out of that holiness that is his essence. He is the Holy Ghost. I had a fellow ask me one time. He said, are you yes. holiness? Because I was talking about the Holy Ghost. I said, I sure am. Because the Bible said, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You better be holy. Oh, listen. The Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not talking about Morality. We did have this little thing pushing through the country. I'm glad it died out. A moral majority. God wasn't in it. He wouldn't even join it. So I figured, what God wouldn't join, I wouldn't join. Because did you know it was a moral majority that put the Son of God on the cross? A bunch of religious hypocrites. And if this whole world became moral, honey, they'd still reject Jesus Christ. It ain't morality we need. We need holiness. Morality is something man can conjure up. He can turn over a new leaf. But holiness is born of the Spirit of God. Morality and good works. You know where they came from? You know where man's goodness came from? It came from the same tree that his meanness came from. He said if you eat of that tree, you're going to come to the knowledge of what? Good and evil. Both good and evil is anti-God. But, honey, righteousness and holiness comes from another tree called Calvary. And it's got nothing to do with you or me, honey. It's burning. ain't working it up, it's gonna come down. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm going for the day that the Holy Ghost
1: moves into my heart.
0: I didn't have to turn over a new leaf and try to do better and change my life. I'm talking about the the, the essence of the Spirit of God. He's the Holy Ghost. You can tell when a fellow's got a little dose to do better if he's got the Holy Ghost. The expressions of the Spirit of God, the essence of the Spirit of God, but the evidences of the Spirit of God are seen here. I'm talking about Him, the Holy Ghost in there'll be one evidence and that is he will light upon the son of God
1: I preach you want to know why I
0: don't know how you feel about this don't much care You know know why I don't care a lot about Benny the hen? I I am talking about little birds, you know.
1: But you want to know why I don't care for
0: him? I give him the benefit of the doubt. I've sat down two or three times trying to watch him. And see, but when I come away all I come away with was Benny the Hen. and if you go hear a man preach or somebody sing and you don't come away with Jesus honey you check it out the Holy Ghost ain't there when the Holy Spirit moves in you come away Singing and praising the Son of God. He'll be magnified in your heart. John said, I know that devil of the Spirit because he pointed me to like Jesus. Hallelujah. the Holy Ghost in a lot of ways. But as a young Christian, about 20 years old, I was in a service in a church where I went to Bible school, Greenville, South Carolina, Tabernacle Baptist Church. Dr. Seidler. There's 1,500 people there. I come in late, and me and my wife had to sit up in the back of me. Dr. Sidler got up to preach And I tell you it was just an ordinary service, didn't seem like a whole lot was moving. Matter of fact, a little dry. Preached probably three fourths of the service like that. Then all of a sudden, it just seemed like out of nowhere, God just dumped, I tell you, just opened up heaven on that old preacher. And it seemed like all he was trying to do was expound a little bit. And he was just, I mean, he was, when he got done, he said, Oh, Lord, I've been on the radio. He <laughs> said, I think we're a bunch of holiness. And he's just just rocking back and forth. And then he tried to stop, and he couldn't stop. <laughs> now, I've been in a lot of service where somebody shout here, somebody shout here, and somebody would shout over there, but I've never seen it like this. 1500 people and, and honey that the Holy Spirit fell on him and then it come down to the first row and the whole first row wow come up and the second row wow come up and the third row wow come up and it moved in a wave I mean just like a blanket and I was sitting up there I was still better than four o'clock I
1: was
0: still in the part where it was dry and I was looking down and I was glad they was having a good time, but I wasn't feeling nothing. And it went all, I mean, just three, four, five, six. I mean, it got all the way back downstairs, and the whole downstairs was shouting, running everywhere. 1,500 people! And then it hit the balcony. (laughs) It came in like a wave on my soul. Then I realized what well, it's all about. I forgot about them shouting, and I went to shouting myself. The, the good old Ghost. And that old preacher tried to hold and grab the harness and stop it before it got out of hand. He calmed it down just a little bit, and it shot out the pipe again. That's the Holy Ghost. Pray for the times when the Holy Ghost falls on us, aren't you? The other night in the motel, Saturday night, honey, I was needing something from God, down on the knees of prayer, and the Holy Ghost came through
1: there.
0: Everything was settled in a second. I've been feeding on this meeting, and what the Holy Ghost did the other night. I said he's telling John about him. The Holy Ghost. I was preaching in a meeting down in Florida. And I preached one night on that dove. He flew around a little bit, the one Noah's Ark. You know how he flew off? And the Bible said that he knew. He knew. That the ground dried up because the dove didn't come back. And a fellow walked up to me after the service that night, and he had a, a Noah's Ark tie. All the animals—you ever seen it? And while I was, I was shaking hands with him, I was looking down through that tie, and I noticed the dove wasn't on there. And I said, "Brother, did you notice of all the animals you got there? there ain't no dove on that tie." He pulled her out like that, and he said, "Well, they sure enough ain't. Hadn't thought of that." I said, "Well, let me tell you why there ain't no dove on there." I heard an old black preacher say this. He said, after the dove left the ark, the God told him, don't you land anywhere until you land on the Son of God. Right here in our tent. <laughs> and he said that old dove started to fly, and it came to a fellow by the name of Abraham. And he said, surely this is the one. Start the light. And all oh, Abraham went to line about his wife. He said, that can't be him. Flew all the little ways and come across a man by the name of David. And he said, well, maybe this is him. But oh, David committed a sin with Bathsheba. And he said, that's not him. Then he flew on one day and come across the Jordan Valley and the river flowing down through that. And about the same time, Jesus Amen. stepped in the water and the heavenly Father spoke out Amen. and said, That's him! Amen. <laughs> Amen. And for the first time in several thousand years, the old dove got to light again. <laughs> I'm here to tell you tonight, he's the same way. The Holy Ghost will just fly all around until Jesus shows up on the scene in your heart. And when Jesus gets to being magnified, he'll come down. That's him. The Holy Ghost. Don't you like that? That's him. Man, you done praised me to death. And then I want you to notice in the second, when that dove came down, he told him about him, the Holy Ghost. But the second thing I want you to notice is he told him about him, Jesus. The Bible tells us in verse 32 and John bear records saying, I saw the Spirit of God descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said to me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit of God descending and remaining on him, the same as he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. I saw him by record. This is the Son of God. You know, in my own life, and my ministry, there have been times when I've been working, physically working, be dirty. And they needed a part or a tool. And I didn't want to go in. I'm the preacher, but I don't want to have to go in and clean it up, put a suit and tie on and go down to the hardware store. And so I just go down there and I like to wear bibbed overhauls when I'm working. Paint all over, grease, whatever, no ball cap on. What I want to do is just run right in, and run right out. I don't want nobody to see me. But how many times I've run into Joe House store down there and, there behold, there stood one of the prominent church members. And that wasn't bad enough. They'd say, hey, preacher, come here. My Aunt Jess is down visiting from Ohio, I wanted her to meet you. And her husband. I'm thinking, boy, I could pick a better time for this. But have you noticed in the scripture that when the Holy Ghost came down to announce the Son of God for the first time who he was, where well, he came down? Looks to me like it would have been better if he had come down when he's walking on the water. I mean, wouldn't that be an appropriate time for the Spirit of God to come down when He's walking on the water to say, that's my son? Or maybe when He, when He's uh, calling Lazarus out of the grave and the Spirit of God comes down and says, that's my son? But did you notice where the Spirit of God made the announcement of all places, this is my son? In the muddy Jordan River! Why not? You see, that Jordan River was associated with every Israelite's life. The Scripture talks about the Jordan River, and it would say in prepositions, you were either on this side of the Jordan, that side of the Jordan, in the Jordan, over the Jordan, but nowhere does it ever say that you could go around the Jordan. It speaks of the experiences of life that you and I go through. We all go through. And when the Son of God came down, he didn't do like Naaman and say, I tell you what, I'm going to be baptized, but I'm the Son of God. I want to be baptized in the waters of Samaria or Syria. But he stepped down into the same muddy Jordan that they went down into. And while in that muddy Jordan, the heavens opened up and said, Lord, this is him.
1: And you know what he's doing?
0: He's associating with us. John said, "When that dove came and abode upon him, it told me about him and how he associated with us yeah. in the Jordan. He got down in our Jordan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Glad that Jesus gets down in our Jordan, in our situations. He's associating with three things. First of all, he's associating with our struggles or with our streams." He is in the Jordan River like they are in the Jordan River. Stepping down into that same muddy Jordan with them into that river to be baptized. Can you imagine that? And then the Spirit of God opening up, or heaven opening up and saying, this is my son. While he's in the Jordan being baptized, associating with the same stream that everybody else associates with. I heard about a little boy that went into this shop to buy a puppy with his daddy. You notice they had four puppies in one cage and a fifth puppy by itself in the other cage. And the little boy got his daddy by the arm. They went over inside and talked a little bit. Then he came back and he said to the to the owner of the store, he said, Sir, I'd like to have that puppy that's in the cage all by itself." He said, But son, you don't understand you can have a good puppy with a good leg. Why do you want one with a leg that is stunning? And about that time he began to pull up his breeches leg. And the man, the store owner, could see the braces that went all the way down his leg. And he said, Mister, with tears in his eyes, I don't mind having a dog with a bad leg. I was born with a bad leg. Have always lived with a bad leg. I say to you, Jesus is associating with our streams or our struggles. He's talking about Jesus, not only associating with our streams, but he's talking about Jesus who is associating with our sin. When Jesus gets in line to go down into that Jordan, you know what kind of line He's getting in? Everybody that's in that line, the fact that they are in that line, are making a confession to everybody else I'm going into the Jordan because I'm a sinner. Jesus doesn't get in that line and say, make an announcement and say, now wait a minute, I'm getting in this line, but it ain't because I have sinned. But when he gets into that line, he gets into that line and walks into the Jordan just like all the other sinners did because he was associating with everybody else's sin. He does yours and mine. I kind of like to imagine him coming down off the Judean hillside And I kind of like to imagine myself standing in line to go into the Jordan and the Son of God coming over and bumping me out and saying, if you don't mind, I'll just take your place as a sinner in the old muddy Jordan. Silence. Associating with our silence. There have been many men that had crossed the Jordan and heaven had never said a word because it couldn't. And I like to imagine that back in the eternities when the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost in council were putting this thing together however they did it, just before they got up from the table to leave, I like to imagine them saying one to another, I'll meet you at the river. <laughs> Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'll meet you at the river. But don't say nothing till we get there. But listen, if heaven had never spoken, we'd have all died in our sins. Somebody had to get in that Jordan that would cause heaven to speak and nobody ever had. Abraham, no doubt, had crossed the Jordan in his journeys. Heaven was silent. David had crossed the Jordan in his journeys, but heaven was silent. I can remember on two or three occasions that Elijah crossed the Jordan, went through the Jordan, stood in the Jordan, but heaven was silent. And I'm here to tell you something. If heaven couldn't say anything good about Elijah and about Abraham and about John the Baptist and about some of these boys, don't you think that heaven's got anything good to say about you? been silent concerning you and me tonight. All these men stepped into the Jordan. Heaven was brass. But when Jesus stepped over into the Jordan, (laughs) heaven rolled back and could not keep silent and said, that's him, hallelujah. That's him. And ever since that day, heaven hasn't kept silent since. Because you and I stand in Christ, and every time one gets born of the Spirit of God, heaven says that's him. That's right. Heaven says that's him. Amen. Heaven says that's him. Because Jesus stepped into Jordan for us. Aren't you glad he associated with us?
1: Amen.
0: The dove came down. The Holy Ghost and said, that's it. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you something. tonight. Has the Spirit of God ever told you who he was? I didn't ask you if the preacher told you who he was. I didn't ask you if you even read it in the Bible, what the Bible said about who he was. I asked you, has the Holy Ghost ever told you who Jesus was? You'll never be ready for heaven until the Spirit of God says to your heart, Amen.